the passing of Gordon Moore, Apple's Buy Now, Pay Later, and Artificial Intelligence and the Law. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Visit HelloFresh.com slash MacVoices and use the code MacVoices50 for 50% off, plus your first box ships free. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide ensures only secure devices can access your cloud apps. It's zero trust, tailor-made for Okta. Book a demo today at Collide.com slash MacVoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is Mac Voices Live. It's Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are. We're here on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV. We would love to have you here with us to join us in the chat room and throw in your comments, questions, thoughts, whatever else you want to throw in. We've got folks in there saying hello already. And... Uh, we're just going to take off tonight. We've got a great panel. We have some interesting things. As usual, we have some contradictory seeming things. Um, a couple pieces of, uh, of of housekeeping, though, before we do. Um, first of all, we want to send a shout out to our friend Frank, Frank Petrie. Um, Frank, we miss you. We hope you're doing okay. Frank sent me a video of himself earlier this week or late last week. I've lost track because I live in a time warp. Um, but you know, Frank was out motoring in the halls. And so Frank, we hope you're doing well. We hope to get you back here in the chat room, if not on the show soon. So take care. We miss you. Amen. That. Second. Oh, sorry. I said, amen to that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, second, I want to let everyone out there know that, um, we will be dark next Tuesday. I'm going to be doing some traveling and we'll definitely not have internet access at showtime. So we will be dark on Tuesday, the 4th, April 4th, but we will be back live and in full force on Tuesday, April 11th. So take the 4th off, relax, put your feet up, get a little extra sleep and get ready because we'll be back on uh, the following Tuesday. So with that, um, I want to go around the room. We'll find out who all's here, and then we will get to it. Um, so first up, arriving first, and so therefore he's in the corner of the angels, uh, Brian Flanagan, Arthur's, Arthur's, jeez, Brian, I still <laughs> got to work on that. I'm sorry. Oh, that's Good to all right. see you. Thank Good you. To see Good you. to be here. And, Thank and you. you're so dis- distinguished in your tie. I mean, wow. It's excited to be here and uh, just got off from work. and. Yeah, can look, you know, best thing to do. Great, great. Well, we're delighted to have you as always. Um, then our next guest was not our panel member, I should say, was not supposed to be here, but just to show you how much he loves you, he could not stay away. David Ginsburg is phoning it in from Vegas. David, good to have you. <laughs> good to be here. Uh, yes, uh, I got the wife the pool side, and I didn't feel like being on the pool, so why not? It's only five, well, after five. I'm here Pacific time, so I'd come up and join with you guys. I, but uh, yes, I'm glad to be here. It's a, we're gonna have a great show. Well, I see. David says that they're down by the pool. He doesn't say exactly where he is, and David doesn't <laughs> usually use a fake background, so he's using a fake background. So, uh, well, you know, and it is it is Vegas, so we're not sure, but uh, I think we're safe. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Um. Welcoming back uh, Brittany Smith 
for after a, a week or two absence. Britt, good to see you. I hope uh, you're feeling a bit better than you were the last time you were here. I know you were struggling a little. I've been coughing off and on since January. Anyway, thanks. We'll see how I do. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> good. Um, I've, you know, take something for it. I don't know what, but take something for it. Beside her, at least on my screen, and I'm taking my screen as I always do, uh, Mr. Jim Ray. Jim, good to have you looking a little different tonight because you're on a different camera. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I guess I, I better uh, get the new camo. Uh, yes, that's that's what I'm using, and I I absolutely love it. So, guy that oh I know Dave is not using his his camo tonight, or at least I'm using have his... continuity camera. I, I didn't uh, I didn't install <laughs> camo on this machine. So the guy yeah. the guy that uh, writes camo just followed me on uh, Mastodon this afternoon. So I sent yeah. him a note. Yeah, uh, yeah Aiden. Aiden, uh, he followed me as well. Yeah, really good guy. Really good guy. Yeah, me too. Good guy. Great product. He reached out, he reached out too, because I mentioned him on, on my show too. Yeah, great guy. Um, also with us, also in a tie, I can barely stand the excitement. Ben Rathig is here. Ben, good to have you. Good to be here, Chuck. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, the jacket is enough, but when you hit the tie... I'm intimidated. Well, I mean, not only that, but it's the uh, the vintage narrow tie. So I'm going for complete class here today. I've been completely inspired by Webb. Okay. Okay. Speaking of the man who is an inspiration to all of us, Mr. <laughs> Webb Bixby. <laughs> yeah, Webb, thanks. Webb, good. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry. No, no, no pressure. No pressure. Well, I, I can tell you that uh, based on... Uh, uh, our friend David's recommendation. I did purchase camo, but I haven't set it up on this machine yet. So I'm looking forward to uh, playing with that here. So uh, Chuck, it's good to be here. Thank you. Uh, it's always great to have you, Webb. Thank you for being here. Um, yeah, camo, I mean, camo has definitely, I feel like improved my picture. Um, and I know David usually uses it at home. Um, I think well, I think Eric was using continuity camera. Um, I don't think he uses camo, yeah. but he yeah, does. it's it's fast becoming uh, an iPhone camera webcam world. No question about it. Um, so uh, Ben had alluded to this before the show, but um, I want to make sure that we mention um, the passing of Gordon Moore, um, who the Intel co-founder who passed away this week at 94 years old. You probably know him uh, as the creator of Moore's Law, among other things. Um, and it's just one of those one more computer pioneer that has timed out, and uh, and and we've we've lost him. Um, I know I never got a chance to hear him speak or see him, uh, unfortunately. But I feel like we all owe him a lot of uh, a debt of gratitude for everything he contributed to the industry. Did any of you know, well, probably didn't know him, but you you obviously knew of him. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll jump in first. Of course, uh, Moore's Law is infamous. What was it that uh, uh, at the time processing speeds were going to double, what, every three years or something like that? So, um, Transistor, the number of transistors will double every 18 months or yeah. have doubled. 
He didn't so, call it a law. Somebody else invented that name. Okay. Well, it's still, it, it's, it was attributed to, to him. Anyway, it was, uh, it, it's, um, it's a loss. Um, we hate to see a pioneer like that go, but, uh, uh, I'm thinking about him and his family. It, it's a, uh, he definitely contributed to, uh, the microcomputer industry for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things. I mean, there's, you know, there's, what can you say about a guy that d- accomplished what he did, but it's also appropriate that we, uh, we take a good hard look at his passing. Um, Tidbits did a very nice article. There are a number of articles out this week about uh, Gordon Moore. So I would encourage anyone, if you're interested even a little bit in why we're all here and how we're all here, you may want to go back and take a quick look at that. Probably should mention his most, I think his most notable thing is he was one of the founders of Intel. Yes. Yeah. That would that would probably be what he would tell you that you know was a big thing that he did. Yeah. Uh, you know, taking I mean, taking nothing away from that. It's just you know, like I said before, the Moore's Law is a thing that everybody seemed to quote and everybody seemed to know him for. Um, and it was it's been interestingly, depending on exactly how you you define it. I know Jim, you just did what the what the original real Moore's Law was. But it's been, you know, kind of interpreted a number of ways. But it it does seem to have held true for an awful long time that the computers just keep getting faster, more powerful, and cheaper. It's amazing what we have our hand, what what is in our hands right now. For some reason, that didn't take. But there we go. Um, second thing on the list tonight that I wanted to, and this just came up in my news feeds uh, later today um, is that Apple pay later is launching today um, Buy now pay later with 0% interest, but apparently the distribution of it is a little bit uneven um, that they're sending out invitations to some, but not all um, the articles that I read didn't seem to have any conclusions about why you would or would not receive an invitation to this program. But it's finally out there and apparently it's live. And so we'll see how it goes. Is anybody else looking forward to, uh, to having this option uh, from Apple? Yeah, it's not something I would probably utilize because of having an Apple card already and getting there already the great benefit of being able to finance for however many months that on there. Uh, but I think this is the benefit for those who don't want the Apple card or any credit for that matter. And this gives them a pay, you know, buy now, pay later type option using uh, using this. So I see some benefit to it. But obviously, Apple sees it as a fact that it's going to be something that's uh, really uh, going to be of an advantage to, to many of their, of their customers. So um, not, not something for me, but yeah, there's going to be, I bet there's going to be plenty of them out there that are going to use it. Yeah, I mean, it's it also gets Apple's foot in the door of lending itself. Lending, right? Yes. Um, I mean, it's not something I would I would use, but it might be seem something that, that is very popular in more consumer spaces. Yep. Ben, do you think it's just? I mean, and I, I know it's supposed to be a consumer program. But I would imagine there are a lot of small businesses that are going to find a way to take advantage of it, um, especially with interest rates the way they are now. If you can spread it out for a little bit, I mean, that's always a good thing. Definitely. Brittany, you're smiling over there and shaking your head. 
it's not always a good thing to be able to spend money you don't have. (laughs) There are occasions where it needs to happen. And and one could argue a computer or a phone could be one of those necessities. But I am concerned about things that allow people to spend money they don't have in case it becomes a predatory trap. Okay, that's fair. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. That said, I trust Apple on this more than I would Square or somebody else. That's true, because if somebody's going to get bad press, it's going to be Apple. And so it, the press alone makes that. But if I am somebody who has already gotten myself into some trouble, it might not be the only place that I've done a... a pay later situation. Also, personally, I'm a consultant, so I'm never going to spend money I don't have because I don't know when my next money comes in. Um, Barry in the chat room says he agrees with Britt, um, and and I do as well, Brittany. Um, but I think you bring up a really interesting point that for someone, a, a computer or a phone is, depending on what they do, it's a borderline necessity now. Which is why you don't hear me saying, this is the worst thing ever. It is (laughs) a circumstance can exist where this is a necessity. Yep. And having, you know, I know Apple's more expensive than Android, but for some people having one that we know will work for sure and will update is a better long-term investment. So I, the occasion exists, but that doesn't mean I'm like, oh, that's always going to be a great thing. No, but I would I would submit that it is it is a positive thing based on what you just said because if if my iPhone if I drop it and break it and destroy it tonight I'm going to definitely try to grab um a new iPhone. I'm not going I mean I may not get the color I want, I may not get exactly the model, but I I'm going to want the iPhone. I'm not going to go out and spend the money on even a filler a fill in Android because that's just throwing money away for me as an iPhone user. It, right. It, so there could be really good uses and also is a thing to be cautious of. It, it's both. Yeah. 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 I kind of agree with what Brittany was saying too. I think in the right hands and the right necessities, yeah, it's helpful. And, and like you said, if your iPhone breaks, you know, and you need something right away and it's, you need it for to conduct business or whatever. It's important, but it could. I was just reading. You know, it's even though uh, no impact to your credit for the loan itself. You know, it's still loan and payment history reported to the credit bureaus and impact your credit. You know, you can definitely get yourself into some trouble. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Collide at collide.com/slash/macvoices. Our sponsor, Collide, has some big news. If you're an Okta user, they can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How? If a device isn't compliant, the user can't log into your cloud apps until they fix the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in zero-trust architecture, device compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Unsecure devices are logging into your company's apps because there's nothing there to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. The moment Collide's agent detects a problem, 
it alerts the user and gives them instructions to fix it. If they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. Clyde's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. Visit collide.com slash macvoices to learn more or book a demo. That's collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash macvoices. Collide.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Collide for their support of Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit at HelloFresh.com slash macvoices50. Good food is important to me, but so is the planet. April is Earth Month, and HelloFresh is always committed to a cleaner planet. On average, HelloFresh meals have a 31% lower carbon footprint than the same meals made from supermarket ingredients. Plus, nearly all HelloFresh packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas of the U.S. With HelloFresh, you're getting seasonal ingredients picked at peak ripeness for quality you can taste. Ingredients travel from the farm to your home in less than seven days, so you know they're fresh. That's food that's good and good for the planet. Win-win. I like the idea that HelloFresh combines all of these different priorities to deliver something that I can enjoy and feel good about. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MacVoices50 and use the code MacVoices50 for 50% off, plus your first box ships free. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash MacVoices50 and use the code MacVoices50 for 50% off plus your first box ships free. Thanks to HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, for supporting this week's Mac Voices. Yeah, Barry in the chat room says, Apple, we will be very careful. When you apply, they will do a soft pull on your credit report and they won't offer it to high risk customers. So, you know, right now we're talking about us uh, as the consumers, but you know, Apple has to be careful with this too. So it kind of goes, it, it can go both ways. You know, the thing I'll say is the, the consumer likes the fact that, you know, oh, I just want to just have a quick four equal payments, make paid off and, and be done with it. I, I think that's what this is also going to attract. Uh, and you're right. Yeah. The credit, the, the credit, it really isn't going to impact the credit much, but it can. Yeah. If, if you don't pay it when, when you, uh, when you're required. Um, uh, but I think that's where it's really the, the big thing is the fact that it's going to uh, allow someone to just do yeah, four equal payments done. Don't deal with it anymore. Yeah. Um, hey, we speak his name and he appears. Uh, Frank is in the chat room. Um, Frank has appeared. So Frank, Great to see you in the chat room. Um, hope you're again. Hope you're feeling better and uh, get back here soon when you can. Please. Good to see you, Frank. Say something smart, Frank. No, never mind. That, that's just asking for trouble right there. <laughs> sure yeah, is. I, 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 I think he'll be adding another word after smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one. I'm, I'm throwing it in our chat room now. This is a medium post um, by someone named, I hope I'll get the pronunciation correct, Paul Delsignor, Paul, Paul Delsignor, about artificial intelligence and law in the law, what you need to know. And I found this really, really interesting because they're, they, they have a picture of an elephant in a boardroom um, as the, uh, as the graphic for this. But, 
this is something that we really haven't talked about. Um, we may have touched on it a couple times uh, very lightly with some of the generative AI um, images that have been created out there by some of those those engines, and whether the you know whether who has the rights to those. Are they copyright and uh, copyrightable? Boy, can't talk tonight. Copyrightable, or you know, are they in a different class completely by themselves? And then we saw the 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 boom of Chat GPT written science fiction stories that apparently were uh, dive bombing publishing houses being submitted to try to get published. And if you haven't seen this article, I think it's worth your your reading because. Trying to figure out who owns what, especially if you're using one of these engines to generate something, becomes a real question as to whether you're violating copyright or maybe violating copyright or whether it is actually your work or someone else's or I don't think it can be owned by the the engine itself. Is anybody else taking a look at this or or have any strong feelings about how this should go? Well, it, it's not exactly a new topic, and the, the patent office has said that only humans can hold uh, copyrights. Um, there was a, a high-profile case uh, in the last three or four years of a, a chimpanzee that grabbed a camera and took a picture of itself, and eventually... You know, the guy that owned the camera tried to copyright it and he sued other people that used it and he lost. Um, so it was basically ruled that there can't be a copyright in something that, you know, only humans. Copyright is for, you know, the output of creative human work. Um, and it's also creative. It's been a thing for a long time. So you can't copyright the phone book or, you know, it's got to be something, something that's just a compilation can't be copy, copy, copywritten. But, you know, for some of this, I mean, I'm sure people will just lie, say, yeah, I wrote this poem. Yeah, I made this painting. So who's going to prove that they didn't? Yeah, I mean, it's not like there's exactly a watermark on these things. No, you're you're right, but I guess I, I'm not I'm not suggesting that a copyright engine should have the excuse me, <laughs> one of the generative engines should have the right to copyright something. But then, whose is it? I mean, is it just something like the phone book that's out <clears throat> there and is judged in a class by itself that can't be copyrighted? Well, that's what the that's what the copyright office has determined. That, well, there are other you know, lawsuits what? like how Getty Image is like, well, enough of our images were used that our logo is appearing on some of these images that it is producing. Right, but yeah. those are image. You know, the, the original that images a- were not, not created artificially. They were, were images that had copyright, and they bought the rights to them. But the but, fact is, more cases are going to come up. And and it will be debated once again. I think this is something that will eventually be decided in the court systems, perhaps all the way up to the Supreme Courts. It's one of those things where when laws were written, they did not anticipate this. 
I mean, what, why the Copyright Office does have their interpretations. Like I said, I think this is going to be ha something that is going to have to but be decided. What I'm saying is, it's already been in the court system. Well, so, that case. Yeah. That that particular case. And but, I, and, well, and I think there have, been, there have been cases like the phone book was, I believe, a case. Like, you know, maybe 20 But it's more not going to end was, with the primate, is what I'm saying. No, no, I mean, there were cases with, with you yes. know, so there is some case law. Will that be the end of it? No. You know, certainly, you know, people that with deep pockets are going to, um, you know, that can hire lawyers. So, you know, and we don't know how that will play out, but it, it's not tabula rasa. There already has been some cases that are already, you know, this is something the legal, you know, especially intellectual intellectual property lawyers have been, you know, though we may have not have thought about it, they've been thinking about it. So. Um, Barry in the chat room says there, and I'm assuming you're talking about watermarks, Barry. Um, there is right now for Adobe Firefly images. They have built in, they have built in an attribution system that makes it clear that the images, the image, boy, it's a tough night. The image is from a generative AI. So that's great. It's watermarked. So we know that Adobe Firefly mm -hmm. created it, but who owns it? I mean, who, 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 yeah. Uh, Barry says, well, watermarks and metadata. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I struggle with some of this because for the very same reasons that, you know, you start to, as we talk about chat GPT and some of the other generative AIs, that if you are the one that is feeding the question in and the specifics, then, and, and there becomes an art to that or, I guess, an efficiency or a familiarity that you have a higher chance of getting something out that you want as opposed to just junk. Is that is that not a copyrightable skill? Is that not something that then, therefore, I should have some, maybe not a full ownership, but some degree of ownership? Well, I don't think, you know, intellectual property law doesn't have a place for you know, fuzzy, you know, I own 10% of it or something, you know, it's either all or all or nothing. Um, and, and, you know, certainly, you know, I think a lot of people are biased toward the idea that everything can be owned and, and are kind of like, Oh, you know, uncomfortable with the idea that, Oh, some things can't be owned. Um, but you know, like you can't own air. Um, so, you know, certainly there will be people that are trying to stake out a claim that, yeah, we can own this, but uh, remains to be seen whether, you know, how that's going to be adjudicated. Dave, you were going to say something. I mean, I'm, I don't know if this is a good comparison or not, but I mean, what about, you know, the skill of using Google for searching for things? You're, you're typing in things, you're, you're, and people have to be very skillful when it comes to uh, to doing that. I mean, same thing, I've used the chat, chat GPT and, and written some things about myself and maybe my show and some other things just to kind of get some ideas. Uh, but on the Google end of it, I mean, you can't copyright that, I wouldn't think, because that's that's a search engine and you're, and you're searching uh, versus chat well, GPT uh, and AI. Again, if you, you know, take that stuff that you've written and say you, you know, 
you put it up somewhere or put it in a book or whatever, and then you find someone else has the same words. Um, are they going to somehow prove that you use chat GPT to write that? Yeah. I mean, they're I'm certainly sure not. How they can. I, I, yeah, I don't see how they could. So that it gets back to my original point like that people will just lie and say, yeah, I wrote this. Um, you know, maybe with images, you can put a watermark. Although, you know, I would think in a watermark that you can put in, I could take out. Uh, but certainly for text, how can it be, you know, proven that that's where it came from? Um, unless, say, the chat GPT keeps the record of everything it ever generates, and you could go to it and say, did you ever generate this? I don't think that's going to work either. Um, so I, I, I don't think that's going to wind up being coming up to be an issue, um, you know, because, A, how are you going to prove it? And, and B, um, <clears throat> you know, copyright, you know, for it to be something that people, you know, it, it only really matters if it's going to be adjudicated. You know, it's going to be fought over in a court, which is, you know, something very, very expensive to do. So, you know, no one's going to sue anybody over three paragraphs that may or may not have come out of ChatGPT. That's just not going to be a lawsuit. Um, you know, somebody argues over a song that made, you know, $15 million. Okay, you know, ChatGPT writes a song that makes $15 million. We're going to have some high-profile legal cases uh, if that happens. But, I, you know, I don't see that on the horizon now and maybe if chat gpt is able to do that then there'll just be endless supply of songs and no songs will be worth uh anything anymore i want to welcome jeff gamut uh checking in a little late but jeff great to have you thanks so much for being here you know i i'd apologize for being late but I'm going to uh, instead offer what I consider the most important advice I can possibly give, at least today. When your parents call and they need tech support, you don't hang up just because the show's starting. You stay on the phone until they're taken care of because this is very high stress for them. And, uh, and your parents did so much for you that it's the least you can do to help them out with an iPhone problem and take as long as it takes. Anyhow, uh, I, I, I'm sorry in that, that I didn't get to join early, but I'm also not sorry. No. Well, I, first of all, you were in exactly the right place doing what you need to do. The only thing I disagree with is that you say it's a high stress situation for your parents. It's a high stress situation for anybody I know that's calling for tech support because they they're calling because something blew up. So yeah. I don't think it's just your parents, Jeff. Okay. Uh, Right, yeah, but it's, all, it's it's only Jeff's problem if it's his parents. There's people having that's stressful text really, support. Really good point. <laughs> yes. There's, yes. There's people ha having stressful tech support problems every second of the day, and we are just blowing them all off right now. We, we should all hang up and mm -hmm. go find somebody with an iPhone problem and help them. <laughs> all right, Bob. Well, you know, uh, Jim, <laughs> I, if their problem is that bad, they'll come find you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've done my time in stressful check support situations. Someone else can do it now. <laughs> Next time on Mac Voices, the panel discusses chat GPT use in education, whether there's any skill involved in using generative AI, and who owns what 
whether it's artificial intelligence or human. That's next time on Mac Voices. I hope you'll join us. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.